Hello and welcome to a REAC special podcast on Germany's new preventive restructuring framework, or as some people call it, the German scheme. My name is Aurelia Seidelhofer and I'm a senior reporter on REAC's core credit team. Today I'm joined by Daniel Spittgerber, an associate at Latham and Watkins in the restructuring and special situations team, and we will be discussing some of the key features of new restructuring and insolvency laws in Germany and how they compare to some other jurisdictions. The German Ministry of Justice published the draft bill on September 19th and it is expected to be debated and passed by Parliament by the end of the year. The bill is a result of a European directive, which all European countries have to implement by the latest in July 2021. The Dutch already launched their own scheme and now Germany has made the move. Daniel, before we go into discussing some of the key features of the German restructuring framework, could we briefly talk about how the restructuring process in Germany works at the moment? What options do companies have if they need to restructure or go into insolvency proceedings? Sure. Um, so as in any jurisdiction, really, the German restructuring process is focused on achieving a consensual solution. But most times um, you will need 100% consent from creditors. And if you want to drive a consent process, you need a credible threat of how to implement a restructuring if there are holdout players. And such a credible threat needs to be available for a variety of situations. And a flexible out-of-court option to use as a credible threat, uh, that is what was, you know, lacking in Germany. Now, of course, we have options like a shareplatch enforcement that you can use to implement a semi-consensual deal in connection with an intercreditor um, release clause. And you do currently have the option of an insolvency plan, which, you know, provides for majority decisions and a cross-class cramdown, but that is in an insolvency And that is um, fairly or not still seen by many credit market participants as somewhat of a last resort. So in terms of you know value sustaining out of court options, there was not an ideal flexible solution. And hence you didn't have a fully credible threat available for all negotiations and to drive a consent process. And what are the key aspects of the new framework in Germany? What would you say are the biggest improvements compared to the existing legislation? Germany's restructuring framework is basically a mix between the UK scheme and the US Chapter 11. Um, it's very flexible and it's modular. So out of a toolbox, you can take whatever you need for your case, um, depending on how complex the case is. Now, in that toolbox, um, you have things like, for example, a moratorium and a cross-class cram-down, so you can cram down dissenting creditors. There's also limited court involvement, so it can be fast and efficient. And you can terminate executory contracts. And it really is tailor-made for financial restructurings. So also for LBO structures, you can, for example, release and restructure guarantees and security granted by entities within a whole group. So the German scheme can affect um, guarantors and not only the borrower. And last but not least, I think um, the shift in fiduciary duties of management towards creditors is an important step to align interests. Now, what the German scheme um, does not allow for is super priority uh, financing. But any new financing provided under the plan um, does enjoy certain 
legal privileges from the German clawback regime. So overall, I think it's a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, sounds really good. And it was also a long time in the making. So if we think about this, um, are there any German cases that would have likely played out differently if we would have been able to use the new German scheme? I'm just thinking about um, a recent case, uh, Galapagos, for example. Sure, but um, it's always hard to, to relitigate past cases, um, but there would certainly have been another option available. Um, I think in any negotiation, a credible plan B option that is flexible and value sustaining usually makes quite a difference as it changes the negotiation um, positions and the leverage positions. Now, I can't comment on specific cases, but obviously having had a new flexible tool available could have changed the dynamics of the negotiation of, of any case, really. And for any restructuring of LBO structures going forward, the new German scheme will certainly um, be an option to consider. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely good to have that option. Um, one thing that um, I would be interested in um, is to compare it to other existing um, restructuring options, for example, the English scheme of arrangement, and arguably one of the biggest shortfalls of that one is um, the lack of a cross-class cramdown. The scheme must be approved by each class of affected creditors before it can be implemented. This means, for example, that the English scheme cannot be used to affect rights of junior creditors or shareholders without their consent as a class. So how would that work in the German process? Yeah, you are right. Um, that is a key issue. Now, the new German scheme has the ability to deal effectively with um, holdout positions, both within the same class and across classes. Now, which classes are there? Um, basically, you will always have you know, the secured creditors, the unsecured creditors, and the shareholders. But you can also subdivide classes if there are um, similar rights and interests. So, for example, you may subdivide the secured creditors between senior and, and junior debt. Um, within the same class, the majority requirement is 75% of nominal value. So no numerosity requirement, only 75% of nominal value. And across classes, you can cram dissenting classes down if a couple of requirements are met. Now, the first is um, the best interest of creditors test. So the dissenting class may not be worse off than in the relevant alternative. Um, the second one is that the dissenting class participates adequately in the economic value distributed under the plan. And last but not least, you know, a majority of classes must have approved the plan. But if it's only two classes, then one um, class consent is sufficient. But of course, you know, there are value protections for minorities. And um, will the new legislation also res respect the absolute priority rule or will value be preserved for shareholders? The draft bill um, does implement the absolute um, priority rule and there are only limited exceptions. And in that respect, it's quite similar to US law. Now, absolute priority, of course, means that if a more senior creditor group um, gets impaired in any way, you may not grant any value to a more junior creditor group. So it's essentially, as I said earlier, um, a value protection and a minority protection. You can only make use of the cross-class cram-down if the absolute priority principle is of the, um, observed. 
But there are some exceptions to preserve value for shareholders, for example, as you mentioned. Um, so the sponsor can effectively retain its equity position. One example is if the impairment of creditors is very minor. So, for example, if only the maturity of the debt gets extended and there is no haircut, the shareholder can retain its position. Another exception is when the shareholder actually provides fresh money and that, you know, may be known to, to people from the US uh, law as the new value exception. Now, where things get um, especially complex and interesting are intercreditor dynamics. So, for example, between senior and junior debt positions. It will be interesting to see whether the final bill may switch to the relative priority rule. That would more easily enable a cram-up. Now, a cram-up is where a junior creditor group imposes a deal on a more senior creditor group. And whether a cram-up might still be possible under the current draft bill with the absolute priority rule remains to be seen on a case-by-case basis, I think. But let's see what the final bill will say in that regard. So obviously this is quite a, um, a big change in Germany. And do you think the new laws will make it more likely for companies to stay in Germany for their restructurings rather than attempt, for example, a Comey shift and move to the UK? Or do you think there could even be some so-called forum shopping with companies coming to Germany to restructure? For German cases, I think the new German scheme will definitely be the number one implementation option um, for a financial restructuring um, if you don't get to 100% consent. And for many cases, having that option may already be sufficient. Um, in other cases, you may still consider a UK scheme of arrangement, but that will also be driven by how Brexit negotiations turn out and you know, ultimately it boils down to whether a UK scheme will be recognized in Germany and vice versa. And of course, you also still have, you know, the share pledge enforcement and the insolvency plan options. Now, do I think this will lead to companies Comey shifting into Germany? Um, I'm a bit more cautious about that, to be honest. As you said earlier, the German scheme is based on a directive from the EU, and the directive does provide for some leeway in how member states implement it. And certain, and you know, certainly Germany made great use of that leeway. But in the end, it may turn out that the differences between member states and their restructuring regimes will not be material enough to warrant a Comey shift specifically into Germany. But let's see. The draft was a long time in the making and hotly anticipated, partly because with the current COVID-19 pandemic and its consequences, we expect an increase in restructuring cases in the coming months. Some sectors like tourism or retail were one of the hardest hit. Are there any specific elements in the legislation which retailers could use to implement restructuring plans? And is there something comparable to the English company voluntary arrangement or CVA? Um, in Germany, the retail sector and especially fashion retail has indeed been badly hit. Um, the COVID pandemic has certainly accelerated trends within the industry. So, you know, for example, the shift to online business. Um, retailers nowadays often want to reduce fixed costs and especially terminate loss-making um, leases and contracts. In the UK, as you said, this led many retailers to using a CVA. And now I think German retailers can look towards using a German scheme. Now, you cannot terminate employees by way of a German scheme. Um, you will have to use German employment laws for that. But 
the German scheme does provide for the ability to terminate executory contracts like leases. That's what's known in the US as lease picking. Um, the requirement is only that a term termination is necessary for implementing a restructuring. It does need court approval, but if the court approves, the contract gets terminated. And the other party is entitled to damage claims for non-performance, but those can be dealt with and impaired under the restructuring plan. And these damage claims can also be crammed down. So overall, I think it's very similar to what the Dutch scheme and the US Chapter 11 process provide. If retailers have a P&L problem because they have you know, loss-making leases, the German scheme provides the ability to convert that P&L problem into a balance sheet problem and solve that balance sheet problem. But we'll have to see whether the ability to terminate those executory contracts will remain in the final bill, as obviously it will be a very popular out-of-court feature for retailers in these times. And um, also related to the pandemic, are there any specific conditions companies affected by the pandemic need to fulfill to use the scheme or is that open for any companies? Yeah, so basically the only requirement for using the German scheme really is having a German COMI. Um, and as we've seen in the past, centers of main interest can be shifted, um, especially if the borrower is only a holding company. Now, if a debtor wants to use certain features of a German scheme, um, the debtor needs to be imminently illiquid. And that means, you know, more likely than not that the debtor is not cash flow solvent for the next two years. And to benefit from some additional features, the debtors will also need to involve the court and make a notification of the restructuring plan to the court. But the bill basically ensures that specially qualified judges shall be available in order to make the scheme process as efficient as possible. And which features require court involvement? Well, the key ones are if the debtor applies for a moratorium, and that can either be a general moratorium applying to all creditors, or a limited moratorium applying, for example, only to financial creditors. Also, the termination of executory contracts, so for example, leases, um, requires court involvement and of course the approval of the restructuring plan itself. And um, with uh, large restructurings, of course, um, particularly where there's a cross-border element, uh, foreign recognition of procedures is essential. How do you expect that the German process will be recognized both within the European Union and in the US? Brexit aside, of course, because we have to wait how that pans out, I suppose. Right, so within the European Union, um, there will very likely be an automatic recognition under the European Insolvency Regulation, so that should not be a problem at all. For recognition in the US, the data will basically need to apply for a Chapter 15, but that is also a you know, tried and tested approach. Now, in terms of recognition in the UK, as you said, it's going to be a bit interesting. Um, there are some LBO financings of German borrowers with uh, UK law finance documentation. And whether you can restructure UK law debt by way of a German scheme depends on if the German scheme is going to be recognized in the UK. And that will, in the end, also depend a bit on how the whole Brexit process plays out. Um, but we are you know, optimistic that this will get clarified very soon.
And one of the key elements you already um, touched upon this a little bit earlier with explaining uh, court involvement in the process, but um, this legislation provides Germany's first out-of-court restructuring process. Could you explain a bit more how this process would work and what processes for the in-court options are? Yes, sure. Um, the overall process and the degree of publicity um, depend on which tools from the German scheme toolkit you need. It's very much a modular approach and there absolutely is a fully private process available. So a plan can be voted on and adopted only by a vote of those creditors affected and impaired by it. On the other hand, the debtor may also choose to involve the court to a certain extent, but again, this doesn't necessarily lead to publicity. In practice, what I think will happen in large cases will be that first, there's going to be a stealth mode. And in that stealth mode, um, negotiations will take place in private. And based on the progress and the tools from the toolkit needed, the court will then need to be involved at some stage. And ideally, the thing is already agreed and it's just, you know, to tick the boxes for implementation. But a debtor can also um, come in hot, if you will, um, as in some cases, holdout positions may need to be resolved live or negotiations are just dragging on. So overall, it's a very flexible and, and modular approach. One thing to note, though, if a debtor needs the restructuring plan to get recognized in other jurisdictions because it's a cross-border restructuring, for example, um, the debtor will need to apply for the court to make it public at some stage. And one last thing to note, the court may also appoint a so-called restructuring officer or restructuring practitioner especially in more complex cases where, for example, a cross-class cram-down or a termination of executory contracts will be required. The debtor can pre-select such a petitioner and propose the candidate to the court, and the court will in most cases be legally bound to accept the candidate proposed by the debtor. Okay, so this this reminds me a bit of the insolvency, the role of the insolvency administrator in the regular insolvency proceedings in Germany. Could you explain a bit how the responsibilities of the uh, restructuring officer and the insolvency administrator differ? Sure. So basically, the restructuring practitioner will only get appointed by the court where the restructuring will affect parties that are deemed worthy of protection under the German scheme. So, for example, if trade creditors are affected or if the debtor applies for a general moratorium against all creditors. The role of the restructuring practitioner is basically to ensure a fair process. Now, they can also try to moderate negotiations between creditors, of course, but it's really about a fair process. And they will need to be specialized and qualified for the job. So, you know, for example, legal advisors, financial advisors, insolvency practitioners. But the involvement of the restructuring practitioner has a specific limited purpose, um, and it's not supposed to delay the process. Essentially, it's quite a different role compared to an insolvency administrator, because the restructuring practitioner will not be able to direct business operations and instead um, focuses on a fair process. 
And uh, last question, again, we touched upon this earlier, but um, this is obviously a draft at the moment. And as we saw with the Dutch scheme, it can take a while to actually have the law implemented. Uh, do you expect major changes to the bill or do you think the implementation will be a swift process from now on? Um, actually, we think it's likely that it will come into effect already on the 1st of January 2021. So basically in a good two months. Um, the Ministry of Justice took a long time with drafting and presented a well thought out and balanced draft bill. Um, and we don't expect there to be many material changes. You know, one or two issues I already mentioned. Those may be changed, let's see. But other than that, um, we hope it's just going to be some details here and there. Um, so overall, we are very much, you know, looking forward to a new world of German restructurings. And we think it's going to be an interesting time with um, many opportunities. Great. Thank you, Daniel. Well, we'll look forward to see the German scheme in action in the new year. And uh, thanks very much for joining us. Sure.